Hey listeners, this is Matt Houchin. Uh, you might recognize my voice. I am a frequent guest on this podcast, the one you're listening to. What you're about to hear is an episode that Jessica and I recorded several months ago and just haven't released yet. Uh, it is a unique one, to say the least, mainly because there is no celebrity encounter at all, so that makes it a little different. But we hope you still like it, and please stay tuned after the episode for an update on the whole situation that you uh, are about to hear us talk about. Thank you for listening and enjoy. All right. Here we are. So we have a new host, everybody. It's no longer Jessica Carlson. <laughs> yeah. Jessica Shugart in the house. Back to fundamentals. Or <laughs> what, would you, what would you call it? Back to the OG Jessica. The OJ. Original Jessica. <laughs> I'm trying to slowly go back to that but it's really difficult once you've been jessica carlson for many years do we have to go back and update all the old episode audio yeah we're probably gonna have to do that that's gonna be something you'll have to take on one of these weekends yeah <laughs> i'll just record a little shugart instead and you just splice that over that works all right jessica shugart who's our celebrity oh we gotta you gotta do the intro i have to do the intro welcome <laughs> we everybody don't even, know, don't even know what the celebrity is yet okay i'm 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 in for it so then now the musical play if i wasn't a celebrity would you be so nice to me if i didn't have cheese like every day would you still want to be with me if i couldn't buy you diamond rings and all those other expensive things would you be so into me Welcome, everyone, to Jessica Interviews Matt about celebrities he has encountered. I am your host, Jessica Shugart, and I'm here with my guest, Matt Houchin. Thanks for being here, Matt. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I can't wait to talk about the celebrity that we're going to talk about today, which I have no idea what it is. Yeah, it's been a crazy, uh, crazy four weeks. Yeah, sure has. I'm surprised. I didn't... This is crazy... I can't even believe I'm uh, recording this right now, but I also wanted to just kind of capture this moment in time. Yeah. It'd be interesting to look back. I think that this is a great plan to capture this moment. Why don't you tell us about the moment? Uh, <laughs> I don't know where to even begin. Well, I can start by telling like the beginning of the story. Well, at least from my perspective, I'm sure there was a lot more before I jumped in, but <laughs> yeah. What happened, Jessica, uh, four weeks ago? So I, was it four weeks? Uh, four all? weeks in a day. Wow. So, yeah. So, Easter Saturday, I get a call from Matt. Uh, I think it was maybe like 1 p.m. Yeah. And Matt says, hey. Oh, wait, no. It was first a text message. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is an odd text message to get from Matt on a random Saturday. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I said, Nothing. Because I actually did not have any plans. I had zero plans. Do you, so do you regret? Nothing. I do you said. regret saying nothing now? Because not uh, there's. <laughs> I had you at that point. Like then. Yeah, I know that was a very that was a sales technique, <laughs> or, some, or something. Um, no, I don't regret it at all. I truly don't. So what then proceeded to happen was um, I find out that Matt's cousin is in dire need of medical attention like dire need. Um, My cousin in Los Angeles. Yes, yes. And I'm in outside of Los Angeles. So I'm closest person really at that point in time. Matt was going to be flying down at some point. I think you ended up (laughs) getting an earlier flight because I was like, help. (laughs) Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, cousin 
needed medical attention fast and has four children. Yeah, had four children, has four children, had, had nobody else to ask for help at this time. Yeah, no one else. Yep. So obviously cannot go get medical attention with four children at, at the home. So the ask from Matt to Jessica Shugart was, <laughs> hey, can you drive to L.A. and pick up these four children and bring them back to your house and hang out with them for a while? A couple days. And I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> thought about it. You didn't it, think long about it. Well, I feel like you you said yes, like pretty much immediately. Yeah, I did because I obviously like... I knew that that I, I needed to talk to Andrew like he could have probably vetoed it but I again like it was a really serendipitous weekend not that we have plans often but there was literally nothing that we had going on so it was and it was I mean it's a holiday weekend too so I definitely expected you to be at his family or maybe with your family or just doing something yeah, but, yeah. nothing zero so anyway I I mean, I think it was just one of those moments where it was just like, okay, like duty calls, like it's time. It's time to get, get into gear and turn on selfless mode. And I I think I asked at least, I tried to ask questions sparingly because I know you didn't know a lot of answers. Um, But I did ask a few questions just to make sure because all your questions were fair also. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I think under if, the circumstances, uh, mm-hmm. I was surprised you didn't have more questions. Actually, do you remember the what my opening line was to you? No. Once I, don't. I got you on the phone. No. It was like, "Hey, do you want to do something nice for someone else for once in your life, or something <laughs> like that?" <laughs> yeah, I think I do so remember just, that. Yeah, it's com- common known fact that I'm not very altruistic. No, so Jessica's a great person, but. Uh, no, I really know that she is. I had to put her to the test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the test that I needed. So um, it just was kind of a no-brainer. Um, I think the things that were most concerning to me were just, just anything pertaining to the baby. I, I wasn't super worried about the kids or, you know, anything like that. I knew that they were going to be, understandably, a little bit out of sorts and maybe a little bit anxious, but I figured, you know, could handle them. Matt... Matt said that they were very good kids, and they absolutely were. Um, and just a little messy, just a tiny bit messy. Got some really fun stories of lingering little <laughs> little presents. I'm sure <laughs> around my house from the kids. So uh, yeah, drive in. Lots of traffic as usual. I get the kids. They come bounding out the door. I'm in. I'm in touch with uh, their mom via text message, kind of letting her know how close I am. They come bounding out the door. They're all like, you know, smiles. Hi, how are you? And <laughs> get all of their names. <laughs> um, pile them into my car. This is like three hours after our phone call or something. And you have an hour long drive. If if even three hours, yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like you were just like, all right, let, let me hop in my car. And then. Yeah, it pretty much was like, I don't even think I took like an hour. I think I was just, I figured out what needed to happen with the baby. And then yeah. I think I FaceTimed with them first so they knew that I wasn't some sort of crazy person yeah um because that was a big you know that was a big they were putting a lot of trust mom was putting a lot of trust in me too yeah she'd never heard of Jessica Shugart no who the heck is that she sounds like she doesn't do anything nice for anyone (laughs) who's this shifty character changing her last name randomly (laughs) yeah I can't even find her on google right so 
for the first few hours i was running around like a chicken with my head cut off like trying to figure out like making sure that because you know like cut new people come into your house especially children there's some ground rules there's some house rules that need to be taken into consideration by the way this is a three-year-old seven-year-old ten-year-old and thirteen-year-old to set the scene yep so every stage of childhood development plus jessica has her own baby so that really is every yeah every stage literally every stage so yeah it was wild it was a wild time like right after you pick them up and the ambulance rolls up and takes their mom mm-hmm. to the emergency room. Yep. So, and then she's FaceTiming me from the emergency room while I'm getting yep. messages from you guys seeing where you're at. So this is just like a wild Easter Saturday yeah. that I'm producing from Absolutely afar. Wild. So I, um, I definitely with the baby, I definitely had a bunch of anxiety. Oh, the worst part was that because of all the candy and the, just the stress of the day, uh, the two middle kids were up until one of them was up till like 2 a.m. And then the baby woke up at five. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a rough night. And I couldn't I just couldn't go. I couldn't go to bed with them not asleep. They were really hyper. And so I did a lot of we like read a bunch of books and, you know, just tried to get them to calm down. So, you know, yeah, some so, practicing for your future daughter when your yeah, daughter grows it was up great it was really great so the first day was a bit stressful and i think that morning i texted you like hey i don't know how much longer i can do this so maybe consider coming a little earlier especially since i had some unmovable meetings on monday yeah. so matt to the rescue and p- pretty much the rest is history we had actually a lovely easter we had we went to all the parks in town and we went to 7-eleven and got slurpees and they finally started enjoying the dogs which they were a a bit scared of to begin with the baby was having a grand old time she's a party animal so (laughs) she she couldn't have been happier and um yeah it was great it was a really great day and by the end of it i was thinking that i was really sad to be dropping them off oh they were very sweet well kudos to you for uh taking a phone call that said can you pick up four random kids that you've never met or heard of before and bring him to your house for the next couple of days. Well, you know. And you did last at least 24 hours. Yeah, 24 hours, but that's nothing compared to you. So fast forward four weeks and a day later, or four weeks later, tell us your story. Well, I arrived the next day, Easter Sunday. I flew in and uh, Jessica had dropped off the kids at their apartment already. Mom's still in the hospital, so I'm. my plan is just to stay at this apartment and uh i get to talk to jessica for a few minutes and also to her credit she definitely wore them out they were like passed out uh, asleep already uh jessica also brought me an air mattress to use so i uh i went up to their house and that was uh that ended up being one of the worst nights of my life uh have you have i told you the story jessica i mean you gave me some details but please tell me more okay so my cousin and these four children have been living in basically a slum that their slumlord landlord hasn't done anything about. I don't know the whole story, but it's a Section 8 house. There is uh, no hot water. There's no refrigeration. When I walk in, there's like bugs all over the ceiling. Um, there's like no mirror in the bathroom. I mean, the mom's been sick for a long time, so there's just like garbage everywhere. Stuff rotting in the refrigerator because there's... The refrigerator doesn't work. 
oh, there's the fire alarm beeps every like 30 seconds, like that loud low battery beep. And you can't change the batteries because it's like hardwired through the whole apartment building. So I don't know what the story is with that, but it's every everybody's apartment in the building was beeping with that beep every 30 seconds, 24 hours a day. And then uh, at one point I, I like went to brush my teeth and then saw a bunch of mice running across the floor. And so I was like, oh, great. <laughs> I'm on Six very low away. on an air mattress here. <laughs> There's going to be mice crawling all over me and all these bugs. And uh, so I just like... I was so tired, too, from traveling and everything, and then uh, eventually fell asleep, but I kept being awoken by, like, mice scurrying through paper bags and plastic bags and stuff like that, and uh, several times I was like, I'm going to wake up these kids, and we're going to go get a hotel, but made it through the night, and then the next day, I think in the middle of the night, I, like, found a hotel to be at for the next couple of days, if that was going to be the situation. <laughs> So I had to find a hotel that had like multiple bedrooms that wasn't crazy expensive. So I found this weird place in Koreatown uh, that ended up working out really well. And uh, at the end of my week in L.A., the mom and the four kids all flew with me. My girlfriend, Hef, coordinated them to all fly from Los Angeles to Atlanta where the kids would stay with us. And we could finally get the mom the health care that she needed. But uh um, so yeah, so she ended up going to one emergency room here and I don't know, this is a, such a crazy story and I'm telling it very boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what, how can I spice this up? <laughs> can you spice this uh, up? Yeah. Well, tell us more about the kids. So the kids have been with you for four, four weeks. They're enrolled in school out there. Yeah. We got the kids enrolled in school here. Well, the three oldest ones are enrolled in school and then the three-year-old has just been at our house uh luckily he can entertain himself pretty well but it's uh yeah it's been a lot of work my girlfriend and i went from having zero kids to having four kids full-time and the mom's been in the hospital basically the entire time except for one crazy day that she was discharged to us uh, would, and she shouldn't have been from this one hospital. Yeah. And uh, we had to bring her back to the emergency room. But she was her skin was peeling off her body and uh, she couldn't move and was in all this pain. And we couldn't get any of her prescriptions because her Medicaid doesn't transfer automatically from uh, one state to another, which is something I learned. So mm -hmm. learning a lot of things about our health system. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... It's been a lot of fun. I felt more alive lately than I have in a long time. So I feel like that's good. That's very good. I felt like leading up to this, there were a lot of signs pointing me to do something like this. And I talked about it with Heather slash Hef. And uh, yeah, we just decided to do it. We didn't think it would work out like this. We kind of thought they would come here and the mom would be in the hospital and they'd figure out what was wrong with her and she'd get better and then she could watch the kids but it's basically like we're doing foster care mm -hmm. yeah right now for four for a family of four plus like talking to the mom regularly and visiting well, her yeah. and trying to figure out what's going on or like orchestrate all of that being an advocate mm -hmm. it's quite a mission trip four weeks oh plus uh we both have full-time jobs <laughs> so, <laughs> it perhaps is a new job fairly fairly new yeah. yeah so that's been stressful and the dog the dog is not having it uh, we have a an old beagle Aww. that we recently 
adopted and he is he does not like he did not sign up for this so <laughs> oh and then the 10 the 10 year old uh stole my credit cards and she uh tried to buy stuff online oh. with a phone that with an extra phone that she found at our house wow so that was a story yeah although cuz like you've you've met the kids and they they all seem really great and like they're going through this scary thing with their mom and now they moved states and they've started school at this new place and i was just like this is i don't understand how the kids are so good this is almost too good yeah. to be true this is pretty crazy so i'm like i'm kind of glad you know at least one of them is acting out yeah yeah <laughs> in this way of uh stealing my credit card and uh right trying to buy girly stuff from weird websites yeah um, they but uh, they seemed yeah that didn't as much as they were great and i appreciated that very much and like you could tell that they were just i mean like they just had this like just like we're good like everything is fine we're happy hell you know like we're happy and we're good kids you know like how they say people become people pleasers because in their childhood they were never able to have any needs yeah <laughs> that's these kids um i i felt that pretty strongly there was a couple moments where like they would they would let their feelings come out a little bit and then they would look over at me and they'd re realize that i was watching and then they, they would almost just like change their face immediately like they just like needed yeah. to be good you know because that's all they can be yeah right now the seven-year-old anytime you look at her she'll laugh it's like Aww. a defense mechanism yeah or for sure just like mm -hmm. it's like oh if i smile and laugh then maybe things won't go badly yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like this will keep things good mm -hmm. wow okay so you feel more alive yeah i think it's safe to say that our celebrities are <laughs> The four children that have graced <laughs> graced my life for the a very brief children. moment and Matt's well, for four weeks. And now indefinitely. We were supposed to go to Germany for almost two weeks. We had to cancel that trip. Oh my. Um, I was going to go to Italy later, so that I'm canceling that. We have some weddings next month. I don't think I'm going to be able to go to those wow um so it's uh it's real yeah it's uh giving up a lot to do this but it is something i believe in like i was in the emergency room with the mom the other day the second emergency room and it was just so crazy uh like what was happening and like what the doctors were saying they were like having me help out with stuff like hold the needle in her arm while we do this what? and uh and it's it's like two in the morning also but i'm just like it's like i'd rather be doing this than just like walking around germany or something right now mm -hmm. i don't know i yeah. guess it's yeah and I, I i wouldn't always want to do that like last year 2022 i was i traveled everywhere so mm -hmm. i think i just kind of needed the balance or something yeah. and uh this this feels like what i should be doing right now and a lot of I felt like there's been a lot of messages from God or the universe being like, this is what you're meant to be doing. Yeah. So keep going back to that. And this is definitely the one thing where I have prayed and just been like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. Uh, please help me. Yeah. And that's actually a very comforting feeling because I feel like I can carry the weight of a lot 
on on my shoulders and I don't ask for help and it's I don't need help so uh and I feel very capable a very capable person so it's with this I was just like I feel like I'm being asked to do this and I want to do it but I don't know how to do it so mm-hmm. please god help and I feel like a lot of there's been a lot of little signs where things have like worked out perfectly where it's like wow that's this is amazing that this is working out the way that it has and everything is okay and we're mm-hmm. still going mm-hmm. so i think what i was really excited to talk to you about is charity as a topic all right because i i mean obviously you've been you've been in it for 4 weeks i did it for 24 hours I've been trying, you know, I've been feeling like I want to help you from afar, but also like overwhelmed my own life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I think like you said, I mean, one kid, that must be rough. Yeah, I know. Poor me. Just kidding. <laughs> just so nice. Just poor me. <laughs> um, so first of all, I just want to make sure that it's clear that I used to, so my journey with charity and giving of myself I used to do it all the time. I was in college and post-college as like a middle school math teacher in yeah. in the inner city, San Jose. Yeah. Just, I mean, every day was pouring myself out for these kids. And I went on two month long trips over to a couple different countries in the summers and in college um, to do all, all sorts of charity work, really like outside my comfort zone intensely. So I um I've got a lot of that just in my bones, but I just haven't in like a really long time. I made the switch to corporate America and just really haven't given myself to any sort of charity. And really, really I did I did like church stuff for a while, but for it just has been a really really long time since I've done any sort. And that used to be like a pretty integral part of my life. But there was a part of me that kind of was I got divorced and and I went through like a bit of a journey of finding myself because I think for me it was a lot charity and altruism was a lot of it was great and I think I mean I I can talk all I can talk a lot about how positive I think that is but for me at the time I needed to like go inward instead of focusing so much outward. So you ate and you prayed and you loved. <laughs> yes, I did. I took a trip to Tuscany and <laughs> <laughs> No, I I almost consciously did it. And there was a there was people in my life that you know, were were still working for nonprofits and being teachers and there were people in my life that actually were kind of like close friends of mine. They were kind of like, What are you doing? Like you're a sellout, you're in corporate America, what the heck? And I I had to come to grips with the fact that I was I was enjoying myself. I was growing in ways that I personally had not grown in a while and it was okay you know because I got really burnt out with four years of teaching in the inner city middle school math yeah I got so burnt out to the point where I was and I was not I did not have the tools I did not have the inner strength I did not have any sort of ability to sustain have any any sort of sustained world uh in that environment and so I got to the point where I just hated it I and I hated the kids yeah deep down of course I loved them but like I was just mad and they would do things that would trigger my ego and I would get mad at them and I was nasty and I was watching myself at that time and I was thinking like this is this is not 
This is not <laughs> what it looks like to give of yourself. Yeah. And so there was a limit for me at that point in my life. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a big, it was a big learning experience for me. So yeah. I want to hear about your journey because I feel like you have always been someone throughout your entire life that has put a priority um, around helping people and giving of yourself in service. I would, so what's your journey? Uh, I don't and know. How that's, are you that's, doing now that's, with that? That sounds... Uh, it's definitely not my entire life. Well, at least the, the a lot of the a most lot, recent times. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I... Uh... <laughs> so glad I get to edit these. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you were like... This is not the first time you fostered. Yeah, I did. A child. I, this is like. Yeah, I had a foster baby. What is this like? Time number three or four? Well, then you also watched your other cousin's child yeah. for a summer. I feel like I have had a lot of privileges and advantages of in my life growing up, and so when I see people in a situation where they don't have two loving parents and they don't have they don't get to play sports or do activities they want to do um, or they're not reaching their full potential. Uh, I just feel like I want to step in and help. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Am I making any sense? It makes sense. No, I'm uh, I'm very tired, everybody. I've been uh, raising four kids for, <laughs> with my girlfriend. <laughs> it's, for, it's almost 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah, it's 11 p.m. If you might be able to hear the Atlanta crickets in the background. <laughs> I'm sitting in my truck in our carport. Um, what uh, what are you interested in uh, as far as the charity aspect of? Because I feel like I'm not. Well, I've, I, I don't. Think... I feel like I'm not a real like nice person, um, but I do. I think lately I've just been thinking, like, I have all these resources. We have, like, extra bedrooms and stuff, and it's just, like, kind of ridiculous that these people that I know, like, need help, and they would accept help, which I found out through conversations with them. So it's just, like, I can help them, so how could I not? Um mm-hmm. Like, I, I knew them personally and have known them for a long time and have kind of, like, helped them out here and there. And then actually being there and seeing this apartment that they're living in with, again, no hot water. The toilet was broken. No refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mice running all over. The mom is potentially dying. And it was just like, I, wh- what am I going to do? Just like, all right, guys, well, good luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. they have no, no help, no, uh, other family with any sort of like resources or anything. So, um, fortunately my girlfriend Hef was on the same page about it and, uh, was like, yeah, let's fly him here and <laughs> see how it goes and see what happens. Um, so it's, I just felt like it would have been crazy to, to just walk away from that situation. Yeah. I think. You said it well with the, I feel more alive. I certainly felt really alive after that 24 hours. Once I kind of got past the initial <laughs> shock and anxiety of it. Um, and that's to me, that's, that's what charity and giving yourself in service is and lending your extra resources. And I think that I just, I wish people did that more. I wish I did it more truthfully. Yeah. I've, I've just, 
leading up to this too, I've just been thinking a lot about generosity. And I think, I feel like I have always been generous with my time and, and stuff like that, but I've, I've never been like financially as generous and just, but, you know, looking at my, my finances and everything, it's like, I could be, um, but I just, I don't, I have a hard time just giving a bunch of money to like a nonprofit where I don't know where it's going or like a bunch of money yeah. to a church where I don't know mm-hmm. where it's going. And it's like, here's something I can make a big impact. It's going to be a pretty big investment. It's, yeah. and it, it's felt like great just to be like, you know, throwing money out the door at, at you know, to, to help other people. It's been like, oh, wow, I should always be doing this. And it's, uh, it's just such a relief and um it just it feels really good to mm-hmm. be really generous with finances and I, I do think i think it'll come back in some way even if not financially like i think it'll be worth it i went to some random breakfast talk thing uh a couple weeks before this happened and the whole thing was about generosity and the speaker was talking about generosity it was a christian thing and um the main bible verse that they passed out was those who refresh others will be refreshed and i just was thinking about my cousin and her health has just gone down exponentially just like a constant emergency situation i just thought about her a lot this is a person that needs to be refreshed and uh in doing so so far at least being with these kids and helping my cousin I felt very refreshed, even though I am extremely tired right now. Uh, it's been a very refreshing experience, and I felt like I was at a place in life where I was just, like, looking for meaning. You know, I'm just, like, getting up and working from home most days and just kind of flailing around to look for meaning, and I'm trying to, like, do all do different, like, acting things, and uh, I have a whole whiteboard of just projects where it's like, oh, this I got to finish all this stuff and I want to do this creative thing and all these things. But I wasn't really excited about any of them. Mm. I've, I just felt really kind of stagnant. And it's like, what do we do with our time? Well, I guess we'll go to Germany for a week because we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I wasn't necessarily like <clears throat> super excited about it. It just seemed kind of arbitrary. Like, oh, we've never been to Germany. Yeah, let's, let's do that. And mm-hmm. uh, people can see us on Instagram and be jealous. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing this instead and I've, and, uh, it is challenging, but I feel like, um, it's been very, um, enlivening, enlivening, mm-hmm. as, if that's a word. So it's, it's like nourishing your spirit and your soul, maybe not your body cause you're exhausted, but I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> What more is there? Yeah, let me uh, see if I can find the email I sent to Hef, like before I flew them to Atlanta, because um, I articulated myself way better in that than I did just now. <laughs> okay, here I got it. Yeah, do it. Uh, so I was in Los Angeles with all the kids, and I knew she was nervous about it, and we were flying back, and I wrote. Uh, an email that said, Hey, Jodes. I call her Jodes. She calls me Jodes. Uh, I know you're nervous about this. I totally understand, and I get nervous about it, too. The main thing I worry about, too, is what if some of my stuff gets ruined? And ultimately, I believe that's just not a good reason for me to not try to help change people's lives who really need it in a real way. And I said, Reverend Matt, 
came across this Bible verse recently, and I've been thinking about it a lot. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. It's Proverbs 11.25. I really do believe that. And even though we are doing this for other people, we will ultimately be refreshed too. I've also been thinking about Diamond Dallas Page's line, life begins at the end of your comfort zone, Mm. which I also believe. The other night with the mice was one of the worst nights of my entire life. But since then, I felt really alive and energized, even when I'm feeling tired. And nothing we are in store for will be worse than mouse night. Hashtag mouse night. Uh, (laughs) what we are doing is totally radical, but it only seems crazy because no one else does it. Yeah. Maybe we will inspire people to do the same. We've got so many resources and I know we can lean on our growing Atlanta circles for help too. Jessica just spent one night with the kids and I think she already ordered stuff to send to our house for them. This will be crazy and great. Thank you for doing this with me. It's really inspiring. I love you so much. Love Matt. Yeah. So you even made you even made the email. <laughs> I did an honorable mention. That's really fantastic. Yeah, I think you had sent me that after that night that that quote of your what say it again? Uh life begins at the end of your comfort zone, which I don't know if Diamond Dallas Page wrote that originally, but That's really it's really brilliant. I do. It's really brilliant. I do agree with it. It really is brilliant and I think it's spot on and perfect for the situation. And when you sent that to me after learning about mice and bugs and fire alarms beeping, like that's, that is, it just was so real. I could feel that for you in that moment. It was really, it was a powerful statement. Thank you to DDP. Diamond Dallas Page. People ask me all the time, DDP, what are you doing these days? What am I doing? I'm changing the world one person at a time. So what are you doing? No, really, what are you doing to make the world a better place? I love it. So I will, I'll give you my, my thoughts. So there are, I feel like this is a thing and some of our listeners probably can, can speak a lot more to this, but I feel like there are, there are a lot of spiritual beliefs, Christianity being one of them, I think at its core, although I think that there are a lot of things that taint this message out there, but that believe that we are to give of ourselves and to be generous and to like, this is the spiritual practice of giving of yourself. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jesus, if you look at him, like he literally told people to sell everything and he himself had nothing and he only just gave of himself all the time. And that is, so there's something to be said about that as like the true meaning of life and what I've been pondering lately really kind of, I think, supports that. And that is that I feel as though I'm entering into a new state of consciousness in general where I feel deeply connected to everyone. Well, at least I try to. I don't always. Like, this is not like a natural thing. But I feel like we are all deeply connected on an energetic level. Have you been doing mushrooms? <laughs> no. Wow. I mean, I I have truly felt that in in glimpses and glimmers and then when I do really cultivate that in a deep way, I f- do feel alive because then it beckons you. If I am connected to everything, then how am I showing up for everything that I come in contact with? Every being that I come in contact with, how am I showing up? Because if we are like cells, like cells are interconnected, And whatever I do affects all of the interactions that I have. And so I can bring a generous 
and positive and like illuminating presence, or I can bring a negative and sad presence, which is not all bad. I don't want to say that like, but this is, these are the things that I feel like all of us should think about. And you right now are bringing, you have brought for children who desperately need positive, just light in their lives and stability and hot water. Good gracious in their lives. You've brought them into your orbit and they are experiencing and like, and growing and becoming more healthy versions of themselves because of that energy that you are willing to put out. And ultimately it comes back. Yeah. I think the hard part for all of us, and this is really, I think the, I mean, (laughs) rewinding to me having done that and spent all of my, all, everything I had, I think that in order to be a healthy cell, if we go back to that analogy in a body, you, you still have, I mean, you have to be a healthy cell. You have to like have your own boundaries and your own, you have, you are an entity, right. That needs to be nourished and taken care of. And so I think that that's, that really is the, the biggest question is, and I think what I struggle with most is, is, is being able to take care of yourself in the midst of giving, giving of yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's the great thing with being rich like you, because you can just give money, and then you don't have to give as much time and energy. Perfect. Sending you a Venmo now. <laughs> Send me some money for these kids. <laughs> hey, if you ever want to send them out to California for a, a summer vacation. We'll see. We'll We're just them. taking it day by day. I don't know how long the mom's going to be in the hospital or if this is gonna, what this will turn into. but Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, another thing, another quote from this random breakfast that I attended was, you'll never regret being generous or something like that. And I do agree with that. I've had generosity kind of like go wrong, but I was still glad that I did it or I wasn't mad at myself. It's like, how can you be mad at yourself for being generous and trying to help people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I have a hard, I have somewhat of a hard time talking about it just because it yeah. sound. I don't want it to sound like I'm being like, look at what I'm doing. <laughs> There's like a tension because I, I do want to be like, hey, other people could do stuff like this. I'm doing it. Like, why can't you do it? But um, mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to go around being like, look at me doing this. Well, I think in your case, I mean, this is you. You are speaking very humbly about it. I don't think that's an issue. I really do think it is an example that will be inspiring. And it has given other people a chance to be generous. And like we've, we have got a lot of help from like people in Hef's church group. Mm. They bought a ton of stuff at Costco for us. And one of the ladies came over today and babysat for five hours so we could go do something without kids. Uh, You sent a bunch of stuff and you uh, took the kids into your house for a day. So. Getting my WebMD PhD. <laughs> right. You've been trying to solve the mystery of the their mystery mom's of the health illness. Crisis. Which is just, I mean, <sighs> she's very stable right now, but just nobody knows what's happening. And they just keep doing the same tests and it's a mystery. Man. But they're very nice to her at Emory. I, uh, I recommend Emory Hospital to everybody out there. Had very positive experience there so far. That's excellent. Unlike Piedmont. They're just like, we're in this for the long haul? I think so. 
Seems like it. And they're it's good. It's like a teaching hospital. So I think there's a lot to learn mm-hmm. with this very strange situation. Yeah. So it's an opportunity for them, even though it's cussing. No, but that's exactly what what I learned in talking to Andrew's dad. Like teaching hospitals want this. They want this experience. Good. So All right. it's a win-win. Well, you're doing a great thing. You are following after the great, great example of Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jesus, but DDP, <laughs> well, pretty, mu- pretty close. <laughs> pretty, mu- pretty much Jesus. <laughs> and um, I truly believe and hope that anyone listening to this is going to be inspired by Matt and not thinking that, oh, what a pompous... What a pompous guy just touting his charities <laughs> for all to see. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, yeah. So my Venmo is at Hat Mouchin, H A T T M O U C H I N, if anyone wants to send me money. I'll be the first. <laughs> I'll send you pictures of what we spent it on, <laughs> and it'll be something fun for Four the kids. kids is no, no easy, uh, on the bank account. Yeah, we need tennis lessons, gymnastics, camp. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, after school programming, all that stuff. So I love it. Well, I hope that people are inspired by this story because it truly, it's amazing. It's amazing what you're doing. And shout out to Hef too, because I know you're listening. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's something to do, you know? Somehow, there. so this is what, sorry, this doesn't have to go on the podcast, but like, this is what's so sad. You you mentioned like you're basically doing foster care and that is what you're doing, but it's organic and it's natural and like see a need, meet a need. And I think that that's the, one of the biggest problems of the world that we live in is that we have all these little pockets of society where there is no need that is like, for me, I was like, of course. Yeah. Like I, I would love to give, you know, when you called me, but there's not like... I see like two homeless people around and even then like, or on the flip side, you go into LA and you see a million hundreds and hundreds of homeless people. So it's just like a real, and I, I'm a hundred percent with you on like giving to specific charities. It's just so hard because there's so many and you just don't know. And it's an entity and it's organization. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really big challenge, I think, honestly, for people to give yeah. in this world that we and live you, in. And if you hear news stories where it's like somebody let a homeless person sleep in their house and then he murdered them. And uh, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm not going to invite that homeless person to stay at my house, which even though I have the resources. Um, so maybe that's the call to action is that because it sounds like you had asked the powers that be to you know to bring something like this into your life you wanted this you were craving it you were looking for it and candidly i was as well i probably not like i like in retrospect i think i was there was probably something that i was thinking about about like being generous and how i missed that in my life and lo and behold this happens probably why i said yes so quickly well good so all of everyone can now invite that invite opportunities yeah to be generous. Yeah. That was one of the early signs where it's like, maybe this is meant to be where like you didn't have anything going on that weekend and you said yes to this. And it's like, okay, great. This is, everything's going to be okay. Things will just keep working out. Yep. And so far it has miraculously. So it's amazing. All right. Well, get some sleep. 
Time for Matt to get some sleep. All right. Oh, I'm just getting all my energy now. I'm fired up thinking about DDP. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ready to really get into it. But uh, all right. You're the best, Jessica Shugart. Do we need to close anything out? Do we need to close this out? Yeah, go for it. Close this out. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for sharing your amazing, inspiring story. You're welcome. And I hope that all of us will not think that you are just too good for school and just take take note and maybe be a little bit more generous in our lives and Venmo you at at Hat Mouchin. Yes, thank you. Is that it? Yep. That's it? Okay. Cha-ching. Wanted to plug that one more time. If I couldn't buy no diamond rings, still want to be with me. If I wasn't a celebrity, yeah. Matt Houchin here again. I was the featured guest in the episode that you just listened to. So uh, it is now October 2023, and this whole story is still playing out in real time. So I'm not able to actually give uh, an official epilogue or anything to this. But the good news is that after another month of my cousin being hospitalized since the recording of that episode, she was able to make a miraculous recovery. Uh, So after two months in the hospital, with the help of the amazing doctors and staff of the Emory University Hospital. Go Eagles! Shout out Emory! Uh, but it was really a miracle. It was crazy, the, everything about it. Um, so now that whole family is currently able to live on their own again, which is great. Our dog is particularly excited to have the house back to himself. Um, the tough part is the mom trying to navigate getting all their benefits transferred across the country from one jurisdiction to another and permanent housing, food, medical care, all that stuff is still pretty touch and go, especially when you're still in the healing process after being hospitalized for months, after being sick for over a year. So that is the bad news. Um, Hef and I are still trying to help out here and there when they need it as well as a few of their other family members as they're uh, trying to start their lives over. But as of this recording, thankfully, everyone is safe. The kids are back in school and everyone is doing the best that they know how. So uh, if you're dying to hear more, you can always reach me on social media or at Matt at MattHouchin.com. And uh, of course, that Venmo Jessica mentioned is still active if you really want to help. Again, thanks for listening. And... uh, It was a pleasure talking.